You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hi, I'm Jennifer Ashley Tepper. And I'm Joe Iconis, and you're listening to Album Podcast on the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is about a special song called Velociraptor, as gloriously performed by Liz Lark Brown. And uh, the origin story of Velociraptor is a is a, a pretty good one. I, I did not intend to write a song that was about what this song is about, um, but I'm really happy that I did. This episode, we talk about all of the Velociraptors that we've known and loved, and how they led to this great song. Accidentally. Like everybody screams when they see my face. Velociraptor, a creature song, a New York City song, a song written on a specific actor, Elaine Stritch style. Um, I believe, you know, Liz Lark Brown has made this song such a trademark and like her own, um, you know, solo that she she's just known for everywhere. I've seen her get stopped at 50 Verbal and complimented on this, not during a Joy Connison family show. So um this has really become the Liz Lark Brown, you know, masterwork. Um what what it first inspired you to write Velociraptor? I wrote Velociraptor for a concert uh that we were doing at the Beachman. I wrote it specifically for Liz Lark Brown. And before I wrote the song, Liz said to me because uh, I told her I was going to write a song for her. She said, um, uh, I just have a request. If you're if you're writing a song for me, I'm I'm I always, you know, get asked to sing these songs where I'm like a a sad woman who is is, you know, like pining after someone and is like, you know, is feeling like, you know, why doesn't anybody love me? And and is I'm just like sad and and wistful and and can you just write me something that's not that? And I was I was like sure 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 yeah yeah no no problem I'll do that. And so I started writing this song. And I I the you know, once I got into it, I was like uh oh I'm like kind of writing this I'm writing this this song where it's like this this creature who doesn't feel like they fit in. It's like it was exactly like everything that Liz asked me not to write is what I wrote. However, I just wrote it from the 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 point of view of a of a velociraptor. Do you instead think of if a she, human woman? If she hadn't said that, do you think the songwriting would have gone the same way? I I honestly don't know. And I think I think because she told me 
not what what's what to because she told me what not to do i felt like there was something in me that was like that's exactly what i'm gonna do but i'm gonna do it different than you think i will you know it was like that like i'll show you um which i wasn't which, that makes it sound like i was like writing the song out of spite and it was so the opposite it was a very sort of you know organic thing it's a, like how i arrived at, at velociraptor um but yeah it, it totally because she said that that's that's you know how that song turned out um, but, you know, like Velociraptor, and I always use this as an example, but Velociraptor was a title that I had had for years and years and years and years and years. And for the longest time, there was just a Word doc on my computer that uh, only said uh, in print and um, I'm sorry, in uh, quotation marks, Velociraptor, good title for something. That's all it said. And it was just like for years. And I thought about it so much. And I was like, oh, is, does, is Velociraptor, is that the title of a show? Is that, you know, what, what, what is that? And um, and I tried to write songs called Velociraptor many times leading up to the creation of Velociraptor as we know it. And then it was like it was just something about Liz giving me that, you know, the, my marching orders to to write her a song that wasn't about a sad creature who didn't fit in and was pining after things that I was like, oh, that's what this Velociraptor is going to be doing in this song. So there's an alternate universe where you never wrote this song, but the album was called Velociraptor because you were just looking for something <laughs> to title Velociraptor. Yeah, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. A Velociraptor is not forever. <laughs> Do you remember when you were like, this is a great title for a song? Any of the other kind of ideas you had, were they like songs originally written for like women? Were they like similar themed? For the for the title Velociraptor? Yeah, like when you were like, I I tried to write songs a couple times, it didn't quite happen. Like, was it always sort of this gist? They weren't no. I I I can tell you that my impulse was like a rock song or something. Because, you know, Velociraptor, I feel like when we think of that word, it's a very sort of like aggressive um kind of uh, you know, uh confrontational uh, image that we get of a you know of a velociraptor dinosaur and so i kept i think trying to go the more obvious route of of writing a song that was about like anger or about you know survival or something and and i can't remember any specific thing i might have written but i know you know at the time that i wrote it like 2010 2011 i was probably you know likening a velociraptor to an artist to a writer to someone who was like trying to make a make a career in, in the arts and, and, you know, fighting, fighting for that. Um, and it was, that was, I was probably running into, to, you know, a lot of dead ends with that metaphor. And so then it was like, you know, to sort of stumble into this idea of like, oh, I'm going to like, you know, write this song about this creature who doesn't fit in, who's, who doesn't understand why, you know, she doesn't fit in and write it as if it was like a, 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 a cabaret song that you could have heard at, you know, at a, at a club in like 1967 or something. Mm -hmm. you know, I wanted to write something that really felt like a, like a throwback, like a sort of throwback comedy song. Um, just the only difference is that it's a literal dinosaur who's singing mm -hmm. it and, and not a person. I never thought of this till now, but I really hope people use lyrics from this song in their like Tinder profiles. I feel like this would be the perfect, like, <laughs> let's excerpt this from my dating app. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not up on on the the dating apps, but um yeah, I think it's like there's lots of good lots of good stuff in there.
The, you it know, just feels same. very relatable. Like when you're talking to your friend and they're describing their life as like cruising Midtown West, it's like, yeah, this is this is relatable for people that are on dating apps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so so many people like a weird amount of people, especially in the last few years, have have approached me about the song and about how much the song means to them, which makes me so happy because I feel like the first few years of the song's existence, uh, you know, people who are not Liz Lark Brown, um, who would, you know, encounter it, you know, because the, the she music's for sale. So like people would sing it and they would always kind of treat it like a straight up comedy song. You know, like they would always kind of treat it as like, a, oh, it's so silly that this dinosaur is walking around the city and trying to date men. Um, and for me, it's, you know, I, I do think the song is funny, but I, I when I wrote it and still, I just feel like it's, um, you know, it's really... It, it's like it, the song's not trying to be funny. It's the song's trying to be honest about this this feeling that this creature has that they're just like not they're not they they are the way that they feel in their body and the way that their body moves about the world. It, they feel different from everyone around them, and they don't fully know why, and they don't fully know what to do about it. They just feel not not connected to the environment and not of the environment. And to me, that's something that feels really relatable. That's something that isn't a funny thing. Um, and so I, I've, I've really noticed like recently that people are sort of connecting with that song in a sort of deeper way, uh, which I love because that was always the the intention. And I, yeah, and I, and I think the amazing thing about Liz's performance is that it like it checks all the boxes where it's it you know we we get the humor of it and we get the like throwback 1960s you know cabaret songness of it uh but we also get the fact that like this is a a real living breathing creature who's like actually going through some really hard stuff and it, all those things exist uh together in one Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Why is it that with sparkling water, I'm always playing guessing games with what flavor I'm drinking? Is it citrus? Is it aluminum can flavored? Mm, not sure. Sparkling ice, though, they really mean flavor. Like in-your-face flavor. Orange mango, black raspberry. Don't even get me started on the strawberry lemonade. Kiwi Strawberry slid right into my taste buds DMs last night and let them know who's boss. No subtleties there and no sugar either. But it does have vitamins and antioxidants. Find sparkling ice at a major grocery store or club retailer near you. Sparkling ice. Anything but subtle. Um, I love that usually when Liz performs this, she's wearing like a nice like cabaret dress. Like I've never, I don't think, seen her like, you know, other songs. My Best Friend's a Skeleton works when you perform it in a skeleton costume. Like some of these <laughs> songs about creatures, but Velociraptor's always performed in like, you know, a classy slip dress. And I think there's <laughs> something to that that adds to the song. Although someday Liz will perform it in a costume and it'll be interesting. I will say like, I have a dream of her doing this at the song being performed at the American Museum of Natural History in like <laughs> one of their concerts. I feel like that would be incredible. I think that will be the like that will be the the ultimate that will be the peak for this song. <laughs> I feel like other songs of mine 
like the songs themselves, their dreams would be like, you know, to be performed on the Kennedy Center Honors or on the Tony Awards or at the White House or something. But Velociraptor's dream is definitely at the museum, for sure. One one day. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of people ask me about the um, the middle section of the song where the Velociraptor uh, just kind of speaks and, and clicks and whistles and, and roars. And um, and uh, and I, you know, the thing that I always say when I'm working with someone on the song is that, you know, I think that 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 bridge is that's, you know, the Velociraptor's like native tongue. You know, that's how she she would be speaking if no one else was around. Um, and the the language, the vocabulary that she's using is, you know, she's using she's speaking in English and she's using this vocabulary because that's how everyone else around her is is communicating. And so she's like she's you know, she's wearing this vocabulary in in an effort to assimilate and that middle section it's you know she gets to a place where she just sort of lets herself freely express herself without having to like you know to shine it on um and so that middle section i think is exists because it's this moment where she's just like so sick of like trying to pretend um that she just like you know lets it lets it rip um and then she's back to it and then she's back Mm -hmm. to to words again but that totally that makes sense. But so people have asked you, like, can you translate this Velociraptorian for me? Because dramaturgically, mm-hmm. they want to know what she's saying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. All the time. Yeah. They're like, what is people are always <laughs> like, what is th- what does that mean? <laughs> what is she trying to say? And then sometimes very smart people say, well, like, if she's speaking like that there, why is she saying right. words in the rest of the song? Um, but I mean, yeah. that's the you know, that's the answer. It would be funny if, like, it was a version where she was just doing her version of, like, nonsense syllables of, like, 1960s do a diddy to do ron ron but that was the Velociraptor version. I know it's not that, but... <laughs> yeah, but, like, yeah. kind of. That's the idea. Yeah. Yeah. She's, she's timeless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Timeless to me. The Velociraptor hairspray tie-in. <laughs> hey. Thanks so much for listening or watching to my podcast. Uh, do me a favor and go to wherever you just listen to or watch this thing and subscribe or like or give us a great rating or review and then head to bpn.fm album to find out even more information about this podcast, more ways to watch, more ways to listen and check out my album, Album. Thanks so much for hanging out. Album Podcast is executive produced by Liz Armstrong. Produced by Dory Berenstein, Alan Seals, Kim Garris, and the rest of the team at the Broadway Podcast Network. Be sure to visit bpn.fm album for both audio and video versions of this podcast and to listen to album. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org because only together we rise. <laughs> 